Welcome to the Wealth Studying Podcast. This is episode 89. It's February 23rd, 2015. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Today, we're going to talk all about investing a small portfolio. I've been getting a lot of questions lately, and well, I guess generally it's safe to say that I always receive a lot of questions about how you can invest a small amount of money. This is really going to be a follow-up to episode 16, where I talked about saving versus investing, and it's also about me really just reiterating my philosophy on investing, which I would say is pretty much 180 degrees out of phase with all the people I know in the investment industry. You see, I don't encourage everybody to invest. I believe it's a three-step process. First, you must learn to earn, and then you must learn to save, and then you must learn to invest. My sinister mind thinks that the investment industry just wants everybody to think that they're an investor or that they have the capability to invest so that they can charge you fees. It's very hard to charge you fees if your money is in some type of a safe investment like cash or in a savings account or in a money market account. Wall Street makes a lot of money when they can charge you fees, and they generally make their fees when you're invested in something like a mutual fund, which is what you're generally stuck investing in if you're in a 401k or 403b plan at work. I'm not a proponent of that stuff. Now remember, I can't give investment advice, nor can I give recommendations on this podcast. I get so many questions about investing a small sum of money or a small portfolio or getting started investing with a small amount that I am going to address it again today. I'm going to give you a couple suggestions. Now, let me rephrase that. Because you're twisting my arm, I'm going to mention a few places where you might consider putting your money. But again, I'm a big proponent of saving it first. I'm going to explain why today. And I'm also, again, going to refer you back to episode 16, which was the show that I did on saving versus investing. And then I'd also recommend, particularly if you either haven't listened to them in a while or if you're new to the show and you've never listened to the first 10 episodes. That's where I lay out my foundation for building wealth. It's what has helped me get to where I am over, uh, I keep saying over nearly 30 years. I do the math and I guess it has been over 30 years of building my wealth. I'm getting old. I got a birthday coming up. I'm going to be 54 years old. I started investing in the stock market when I was like 24. So it has been 30 years. I didn't get rich quick overnight. I don't recommend or suggest that to you or to anybody else. Look at celebrities or people that win the lottery or people that make a lot of money quickly. What happens to them? Oftentimes, they end up being broke within a year or so. In many cases, they're not happy. They make very poor financial and, and consumer choices. They think they're buying happiness, but they're not. And they end up being miserable and oftentimes being broke. That's not what wealth studying is about. It's about being free, having your own personal independence. That's why I like to say that money may not buy happiness, but it can buy freedom. You see, it's all up to you. It depends on what you do with your money. There's a lot of things in life you don't have any control over. But if you put yourself in a position where you can earn a good income and where you're a disciplined saver and you've learned to curb your passions and not just run out and buy everything to keep up with the Joneses or because, you know, Madison Avenue is advertising something to you. If you can have that kind of discipline, then you will build wealth and you'll use that wealth for good purposes and you'll use that wealth to buy your own freedom. That's what wealth studying is all about. So if you go back and check out those first 10 episodes, in particular to today's episode about investing versus saving, you might also want to check out episodes number two, which talks about living debt-free. And I'm going to come back and do another episode on, on uh, debt as well. A lot of times people think I'm, I'm kind of like a Dave Ramsey debt Nazi, where I don't believe that, that debt is ever something you should have or that you shouldn't have credit cards. That's absolutely not the case. I have had credit cards 
since I was uh, a young Marine, probably like uh, 20 years old. So that's been, you know, well over 30 years ago. I like using credit cards. They're convenient. I like building points up on them, getting free airlines or getting money back, cash back, things like that. Over these more than 30 years that I've had credit cards, I've always paid my bill at the end of the month. So I never get hit up with transaction fees or interest payments or any of that stuff. So when I talk about avoiding debt, I'm not saying to you know not have a credit card. I'm not even saying that you shouldn't have a mortgage on your home. It's up to you. It depends on your personal situation. Again, I'm going to come back and do a show on that because I think there's a lot of confusion there. Remember, with everything in terms of wealth building, it's shoot, in, in fact, in terms of everything, there's no one right way to do things. I talk about that in one of the previous episodes about the best investment strategy. We know the best investment strategy is the one that's working for you. We're all different types of people. We have different situations. We have different talents and abilities. We're at different phases in our life. Some people are young. You're in, you know, in your early 20s. Other people are in your late 60s. You have to do what works best for you in that time of your life. And that's not just with investing. That's with all your decisions. Don't be so rigid and so dogmatic about things. Keep an open mind. Look at your options. Look at your different perspectives. Now, I'm not saying that I'm totally unbiased or anything like that. Now, I make biased decisions all the time. But what I try and do is when those decisions don't pan out when they're wrong, I try not hold on to the emotional element of it. You know, if it's a particular stock that I invested in and I had a particular strategy and it didn't work work out, well, I sell that stock and I move on. I don't get all bogged down with the baggage of being concerned about the fact that my prediction or my forecast was wrong. You see, because I know that I can't make long-term forecasts. Nobody can. If people could predict the future... There wouldn't be any volatility in the markets or in the stock markets. There wouldn't be really any investment opportunities because everybody would know where to invest. But that's just the point. Investments are all about uncertainty. So you have to be very flexible with where you're putting your money, how you're investing it, and how long you leave it there. Now, I'm digressing here. Let me get back to what today's episode is about, which is about investing with a small sum of money. And really, again, I'm just rehashing what I talked about in episode 16, which is being, which is the difference between being a saver and being an investor. I'm really off track here. Hey, I was mentioning previous episodes. You also might want to check out episode three, which is produ- which is production is the source of wealth. Again, that gets back into being an earner before you're an investor. And then finally, definitely check out episode 10, Wealth is a Lifestyle. That's kind of where I went off on my tangent today. But if you want to build wealth, if you want to be happy, if you want to be able to buy your own freedom, it has a whole lot less to do with what mutual fund you're buying and a whole lot more to do with how you structure your lifestyle. One thing I want you to remember again, I'm very opinionated as you listen to these previous podcasts and as you're going to listen to future podcasts. You're going to hear me say some things that maybe you don't like. That's okay. Ignore me. My wife and kids do. It's okay. It's just my opinion. Listen to the core concepts that I present. The concepts about earning and saving and investing. The concepts about being a prudent investor. The concepts about not getting caught up in hype. The concept that everybody's trying to sell you something. Everybody's trying to take money out of your pocket. And if you're not careful, you're going to get ripped off. In an upcoming podcast, I'm going to be talking about avoiding scams because I've been getting a lot of questions on that. So when you listen to these podcasts, focus on the concepts. My personality, my opinion, that's all going to come through, but that's not what's important. I didn't create this podcast to pump up my own ego or to preach some kind of ideology or something like that. I didn't even create this podcast to sell you products. Check out my firm's website. Check out my podcast website. You won't see any affiliate links, no commercials. There's nothing on there other than some brief statements about what my firm does. People that are interested in that, 
follow up on it. Those that don't, no problem. This podcast is about giving you free information. And as I've said before, it's not even about what I think. It's about teaching you how to think for yourself. You see, I truly believe that we're all put on this earth for a purpose. We all have different talents and abilities. And the best way for you to be able to do what you were put here to do, the best way for you to be able to, be able to carry out your own personal mission is if you have the financial resources to make that happen. You don't want to be a slave. You don't want to be a slave on a plantation. You don't want to be a slave in a job like a wage slave. You want to be a free man or woman so that you can create from your unique personality and your u unique abilities. The world would be a much better place if everybody was able to do that. You see, that's the distribution of labor. That's how a free market really works. Everybody doing what they're best at. Then you'll be rewarded for that. I want you to be financially independent. I think it would be a better world for everybody. And then for those of you that do become wealthy, you do have nice portfolios that you saved up. Well, hey, then get in touch with me. Remember your old buddy, John. Yeah, check out my firm, Investable Wealth. If you're happy and you have a nice portfolio, I'd be happy to work with you. But I know right now that many of you, you're not happy, you're miserable in your jobs, and you don't have anywhere near the portfolio needed to be a successful investor. So that's why I don't try and peddle products to you or give you a bunch of sales pitches. I'm not trying to make a quick buck. To this point in my life, I've built my wealth over the long term, and I plan on building it for the next 30 or 40 or 50 years. Slow and steady, living a very happy, independent lifestyle. That's what I'm all about. And so that gets back to our topic today. Investing when you only have a small sum of money or when you're first starting out, you know, you've got that first uh, $1,000, $2,000, $10,000. Everybody wants to know what to do with it. Well, let me give you a, an analogy here. You know, people are constantly asking me, hey, John, what can I do with $1,000? How can I invest $1,000? You know, where's a good investment for $1,000? Or where's a safe place to put $1,000? And these are not just young people. I hear this from, you know, people that are, are very old and mature and should have a whole lot more than $1,000 to invest. But they don't. You see, because people aren't diligent savers. We live in a very consumer-driven economy. You're marketed to all the time about what you should buy, but you very rarely hear anybody tell you that you should be saving. So let me paint this picture for you. Although everybody comes up to me and asks me about where they can make this great investment for $1,000, I've never had anybody come up and ask me, where they can buy a really nice BMW for $1,000. Now, why is that? You see, because everybody is smart enough to know because of their own life experiences that you can't buy a nice BMW for $1,000. It costs a lot more than that. I mean, you'd be lucky to be able to buy a nice set of tires for $1,000 for a BMW, right? I mean, you just know from personal lifetime experience that you can't buy any decent you know, high-performance car or luxury car or sports car for $1,000. Well, you know what? The same is true about investment portfolios. The truth of the matter is that I just don't know any one place that's a good investment when you only have $1,000 or $2,000 or for that matter, $10,000. I'm going to develop this theory a little bit more and then I'm also going to come back and as I mentioned, I will give you a couple options because everybody wants them. But there really just isn't a good place, just like there isn't a good BMW for $1,000. Yeah, you can buy an old junk or beat up rusty BMW. And just like there's a bunch of used car salesmen that would be happy to sell you an old beat-up BMW, there's plenty of shysters in the financial industry that would be happy to take your $1,000 and let you think that you're in a bulletproof investment. But you wouldn't be. You see, right now, we're at all-time market highs. We've been in a bull market for about six years. Lots of people have made some easy money, and they think they're investment Einsteins. But you know, they're not. They just rode the trend. They just got lucky. If we have a pullback, and I don't know if we will, 
Let me rephrase that. I know eventually we will. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know if it's going to come today or tomorrow or in five years. And when you ride out a top like this, like we've been in for these six plus years, the probability gets more likely that it's going to happen. There's going to be a pullback. It's natural for the market to pull back 10 or 15%. I mean, that's not really even what you consider a big correction. That is just a little minor pullback. And again, it is far common for the market to have a pullback of 20, 25%. That can happen on a regular, you know, three-year basis. Just pull up a chart of the S&P 500 and look at it. It never goes straight up and it never goes straight down. It's always a pattern of switchbacks, peaks and troughs. And so if all you have is $1,000 and you've been hearing about how great the market's been and you want to invest that, well, now may not be the right time to do it. I mean, you could put that money in and very easily lose 10, 15, 20%. And then if you don't know anything about investing, you'll pull out at the wrong time. You'll take a loss. You'll get frustrated. You'll pull your money out of your 401k or your uh, Roth IRA or something. And then you'll have to pay penalties and taxes on it. And then just about the time you do all that, the market will go back up again. In my opinion, in my philosophy, and again, I don't give any recommendations. I don't provide any advice on this podcast. I'm just giving you my opinions and my perspective. My preferred method for making money in investments is by swing trading by buying with momentum, by buying when things are going up, not when they're already at the peak and not when they're necessarily at the bottom because we never know when the top or the bottom is. But we can generally determine momentum. I've done previous podcasts on that. I'm going to do more podcasts on that. That's not the intent of today's show. What I want to point out to you, though, is that it's not easy to do. You have to be able to move in and out of the markets. If all you want to get is a long-term market return, then yes, fine. Go out, buy a mutual fund, buy an ETF, that's very well diversified. You can buy something in the, you know, like an S&P 500. That's a SPY would be the exchange traded fund. Um, Vanguard, Fidelity, they all have S&P type index mutual funds that, that mimic that index. Go out and put your money in that. Again, I'm not making recommendations. I'm just throwing these things out here. There are mutual funds or there are exchange traded funds that focus on big large cap companies, big blue chip companies that pay dividends. And again, all the mutual fund companies have them. Vanguard will probably be the one that gives you as, as good a performance as anybody else and will charge the lowest fees. Fidelity is another name that's, you know, a household name. It's fine. If you're in a 401k plan at work, you know, you probably don't have a lot of choices anyways. Just look for the S&P 500 fund. I mentioned the ETF SPY, which focus, and that's Sierra Papa Yankee. That tries to mimic the performance of the S&P 500. There's also SDY, that Sierra Delta Yankee. That just focuses on large, big, blue-chip stocks that pay a dividend. So if you just have a little bit of money and you're looking at investing over the long term, you're going to leave that money in for 20 or 30 years and you're just starting out now, shoot, yeah, throw it in SDY or SPY or, or look for a total market return fund. Or What you're looking for is broad diversification. So don't just go into one fund that's going to be focused on emerging markets or something because, you know, China, India, they're very volatile. But if you buy like a total market global fund, that's going to invest in China and Europe and England and Canada and the U.S. and Mexico. I mean, it's going to invest in all the major markets. Well, that gives you broad diversification. And so, again, if, you, if you're just starting out and you only have $1,000, throw it in one of those funds or one of those ETFs. It doesn't matter as long as you're planning on being in this for 20 or 30 years. And here's the reason it doesn't matter. And this is why it's so critical that you have to be a saver. You have to build a big nest egg. You have to get to critical mass before you can really be an investor. You see, you have to focus on things where you get the most return. You have to focus on things that give you the most bang for your buck. 
That's why earlier I was saying about, I want everybody to be able to do what they were put in this earth to do, what they're great at. That will make the world a better place. That will make the economy run more efficiently. So likewise, when you apply that concept to saving and investing, you have to put your efforts into what's going to get you the most bang for your buck. And in terms of building wealth, that means what is going to get you the highest net worth in the shortest period of time. So you have to put your efforts in what you're going to get the most results out of. You know, when you're just starting out, and, when, and, and that's starting out investing. You may be starting out at 19. You may be starting out at 69. Whatever age you are, if you don't have much of a savings nest egg or if you have a very small portfolio, and then likewise, you also probably don't have very much experience in investing. So to think that you're going to go out and hit a home run consistently and make a lot of money or even get a decent return is not very wise or very mature thinking. It's hard to make a solid return. Remember, like I said, these last six years, you've maybe heard people bragging. You've heard people saying, oh, yeah, my portfolio's doubled. Well, yes, of course, that's because we've been in a bull market, but we're not always in a bull or rally market. Markets can change drastically and quickly. Look at the way energy stocks, things like oil and petroleum companies, things like ExxonMobil, Shell, Chevron, British Petroleum, look how they've taken a nosedive over the last you know, 12 to 6 months. And they're fairly stable when you consider how uh, other companies in the energy industry that are involved in things like exploration or oil well services or oil well developments, some of those companies are down more than 50%. And that's because the price of oil has collapsed. Now, a year ago, a lot of you wouldn't have seen that coming. You would have said, hey, I'm going to invest in ExxonMobil because it pays a good dividend. And over the long run, it's going to make a lot of money. And you know what? You would probably be right if your long run is 20 or 30 years. But you have no idea what's going to happen in those first couple years. And if you're like most typical, inexperienced investors, you're going to put in that small sum of money. You're going to buy that stock or that mutual fund or that ETF. And then it's going to drop 10 or 20% and you're going to get scared and you're going to pull it out. And again, you're going to get hit up with fines and penalties and fees and taxes. And you're going to lost your principal. So this is why I reiterate, you need to work on being a saver before you're an investor. And one reason for that is if you're just investing $1,000, you may not pay a lot of attention to it because you realize that's not a lot of money. Now, it may be a lot of money to you, but you also know that it's just $1,000 and you can get that back. But what if it was a million dollars? Don't you think you'd be more concerned? Don't you think you'd be more focused? Don't, be, don't you think you'd be more disciplined in your investment choice if you were getting ready to invest a million dollars versus $1,000? And again, that's why I say starting out with a small sum of money the deck is stacked against you. You're inexperienced. You're not really worried about it because it is a small amount of money. You're not going to pay attention to it. You're not going to have the discipline and the patience to care for it and watch it the same way you would if it was a million dollars. So that's another reason why people with small investment portfolios generally fail. They're not paying attention. Something else to think about. And this goes back to the bang for the buck. And this is the point I make in episode 16. If you're just investing $1,000 and you make a 10% return, which is a very nice, substantial return, and I promise you, you're not going to get that on a consistent basis over 20 or 30 years. There are too many peaks and troughs, particularly if you're just a buy and hold investor. You're going to make 15% one year, another year you're going to make five, and then the third year you may lose 30%, and it just goes on and on like that. Again, if you're not familiar with the, the wide swing and the wide variance in the market, Go pull up a 20-year chart of the S&P 500, or any stock for that matter. You're going to see that there are wide fluctuations. And you have to be concerned with that because that could substantially reduce your nest egg. 
So let's get back to that initial $1,000 you have and you're going to get a 10% return on it because you think you can invest like Warren Buffett. Well, here's the point. So what? What if you even do get a great 10% return? Well, that's 100 bucks. Well, chances are that you can make $100 pretty easily. I mean, just look around your neighborhood. If you just have a lawnmower and a can of gasoline, you can go out and cut people's grass and you can make more than a hundred bucks in one afternoon. Chances are if you're working and you, and you got some additional overtime or you work some extra hours or you picked up a part-time job, you could quite easily make more than a hundred dollars. If you work very diligently at your job and you're a good employee and you get a raise, well again, chances are it's going to be more than a hundred dollars a year. So do you see by placing your effort and worrying more about earning than you are in investing, you're going to increase your net worth faster and more effectively by focusing on your job or by focusing on creating your own company than you are by worrying about where you're going to invest a thousand dollars. That extra hundred dollars, even if you can make it with investments, isn't going to significantly change your life. In fact, it's not going to change your life at all. So you need to focus on the earning part of that equation. Go out and get a better job. Study, educate yourself, make yourself more marketable, create your own company, get a promotion. Work more overtime. Become the best at what you do. Then you're going to earn more and your net worth is going to grow faster than that $1,000 can ever possibly grow. And remember, you have no control over that $1,000 once you invest it. You don't know what that stock or that mutual fund or that ETF is going to do once you put your money into it. But you know what you can do at your job. You know what your talents and abilities are. So that's why I say you have a much greater control. And it's not only control, but it's more impact. Focus on your earnings. Don't worry about investing a thousand or two thousand dollars. The other part is you have to think about the magnitude of your investment. Like I mentioned, if you had a million dollars, you would be paying more attention to that because you wouldn't want to lose a million dollars. You know, if you lose a thousand, you can get it back. If you lose a million dollars, it would be very difficult probably for you to get that back. The other thing you know about investing a million dollars is, is that if you get a 10% return, on a million dollars, then you're making a hundred thousand dollars. Now a hundred thousand dollars, that can have an impact on your life. But a hundred dollars can't. And so if you're investing a million dollars, you're going to spend more time and effort guarding and protecting it and watching it and making sure it's in and out of the right investments. And because of that time and effort you put into it, you're going to reap the reward of making a hundred thousand dollars. Well, to earn a hundred dollars just off that thousand dollar investment, you're going to have to put in that same time and effort as you would as if it was a million. But it's just a small amount of money. It's going to get eaten up in transaction fees. $1,000 isn't enough money to hire an investment advisor that can really provide you with good trading advice. So you're going to be on your own. And it's going to be very difficult to make that $100, even if you could. And remember, even if you could, it's only $100. What difference is it going to make? Let me give you an example. Let's just say that you have $1,000 to invest and you're going to get 10% a return on it. And every year you're going to add another $1,000 to it and you're going to get a 10% return. And like I said, you're not going to be able to keep that up for 20 years at 10% return rate because that just doesn't happen. There's too much fluctuation in the marketplace. But let's just say for 10 years you can do that. And you're only investing $1,000 because for whatever reason you're just not a disciplined enough saver or you just don't have a high enough of an income. Now I know that everybody's seen the chart that's says, oh, if you invested $1,000 for blah, blah years, you'd be a millionaire. Yes, that's true. But you still have to wait a long, long time. And again, you're probably not going to get those rates, those exaggerated rates and yields that they talk about in their examples. Now, in my example, I'm just going to use a very simple 10% return. And I'm going to do this just compounded annually. I just, I'm throwing some numbers in a spreadsheet. So don't assume that this number is 100% accurate. This is just to illustrate a point. But let's say you get that 10% return on your $1,000 and every year you add $1,000 to your, uh, to your nest egg. Well, you know what? Even with that great 10% return, 
in 10 years, you're not even going to have $16,000 saved up. You're starting out with too small of amount of money, and that nest egg just isn't big enough to grow. I mean, think of when Dave Ramsey talks about a debt snowball. He talks about paying off the smallest bill or credit card that you have and then doing the next one and then doing the next one and it snowballs and then it gets bigger and bigger and pretty soon you can apply all your money to your biggest debt and then you can be debt free in, you know, five or 10 or 20 years. Well, investing is that same concept, but it's working for you instead of working against you. But it still comes back to that snowball. If you've just got this puny little ping pong ball sized snowball, well, it's going to take you a long time to roll that into a big, substantial snowball that's going to cause an avalanche. And that's what your $1,000 is. It's just a little marble. So although you invest that for 10 years and you're getting a 10% return on your money, you're still, at the end of the day, of only going to increase your net worth by less than $16,000. Well, is that going to change your life? I don't think so. You can't buy a car with that. You can't buy a home with that. That's barely an emergency fund. And it took you 10 years to get to that point, And you were very successful getting a 10% return in your money. Now think about it in these terms. What if you have the discipline and the persistence to go out there and be a disciplined earner? You're earning a good income. And then you've learned to moderate your life. And you have the discipline to not go out and buy everything that you see. And so you become a disciplined saver. And so what you're doing every year is instead of just putting away $1,000, you're maxing out your Roth IRA or your traditional IRA and you're putting your $5,500 in there. And you do that every year for 10 years. Even if you just put it in a savings account or if it's in, you know, just a, a very low interest bearing account or a zero interest bearing account or even if it's just in a money market fund and you're not really, quote, investing it in anything, you're just saving it. Now, putting it in, a, in an IRA or a Roth or even in your employer's 401k program and just putting it into that money market fund as a safe holding place, that's not a bad thing to do. That doesn't make you an investor. It makes you a saver. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. So think about it. That first year, you just saved $5,500. The next year, you didn't get any return rate on it, and you've lost purchasing power to inflation. I understand all that. But at the end of that second year, you're going to have $11,000. And by the third year, you're going to have $16,500, and that's without investing a penny. That's simply saving and maxing out your Roth IRA or your traditional IRA or contributing $5,500 a year to your 401k plan at work. So in three simple years without having to study or without having to get lucky or without having to make any investment decisions, you've just saved over $16,000. Your net worth is $16,500 better than it was three years ago. Well, that's better than our previous example where you've just got that $1,000 that you're adding to every year and that you're worried about investing and that you're trying to get a 10% return on. And in 10 years, you didn't even have $16,000. So in this simple little illustration, I'm trying to show you the power of that snowball. And you start by first saving. Now, sure, go ahead, save that money. Put it in a Roth IRA. Put it in your work 401k plan. But just make sure that you're buckling down and you're disciplined and you're saving a substantial amount of money. If you're married, whether your spouse works or not or whether they have income or not, they can also contribute $5,500 as long as... You have a combined family income of at least $11,000. So that means that instead of just putting away $5,500 a year, a married couple can put away $11,000 a year. And I'm just talking about what you would do if you maxed out your Roth IRA as a young person, as someone that's 20 or 30 years old. 
you can certainly put away a lot more than that if you have the discipline to do it. And that's what it's going to take to build your wealth. You see, if you're saving 10, 15, 20 or more percent of your income, then you can see in this example, it's going to start building up. It's going to start snowballing. Then over that five or 10 year period that you've been saving that you just started out, you're going to have some substantial savings. And then you're going to be able to invest those savings. And you're going to pay attention to it because you're going to have 50 or 80 or 100 or more thousand dollars. And when you work real diligently and you're able to produce that 10% return, then now instead of just making $100, if you're investing $10,000, you're going to be making $1,000. And you're going to snowball that and put that back in and reinvest it with your $5,500 or with your $11,000 that you're saving each year. And the next year you're going to have even more. And that's how you build wealth. That's how you take care of it and control it yourself. Now, sure, if you just have a thousand dollars and you want to put that in your Roth IRA so that you can put it in, you know, an S&P 500 index fund or so you can put it in a, in a total um, international exposure fund or something. And, and you realize that, hey, it's just going to sit there for the next 10 or 20 years and it's really not going to build some significant income and it's really not something I should lose sleep over, then that's fine. But really what you have to do, what you have to focus on is saving at least that $5,500 a year and twice or three or four times that if you can and not worrying about investing it and getting a return. Just worry about saving it and accumulating it and building wealth. Because when you come back to me and you say, well, hey, how should I invest fifty or a hundred thousand dollars? Then I'll be able to give you some real answers. Then I can talk to you about swing trading. And then when you've built that up and you get it to where it's 200000 or 500000 or a million dollars, then we can really talk about some sophisticated investment strategies. And then you're in the catbird seat because then you're financially independent. Then you can have your money working for you and you're not working for your money. But you see, you're not going to get there if you're worried about just investing $1,000. Worry about your income. Worry about getting a better job. Worry about getting a raise. Worry about starting your own company. And then worry about becoming a more disciplined saver. Worry the fact that you're spending too much. Worry about the fact that you're living in a house that you can't afford, that it's too big for what you really should have. So then you can cut back. You can maybe live in a smaller house. You can maybe drive a less expensive or a less flashy or a smaller car. Those are the things you should be worrying about. Don't worry about trying to get a good investment return on $1,000 any more than you would worry about where you can buy a really good BMW for $1,000 because you know you can't buy a nice quality BMW for $1,000 and likewise, if all you have to invest is $1,000, you're not going to be able to find a good quality investment strategy. Let me sum this up by directing you to the iTunes store where many of you have left reviews and ratings on the show. And, and I really appreciate that. I probably don't thank you enough for doing that. I know it takes time to do that, particularly if you have to sign up for an iTunes account and things. And so those of you that have gone out and left ratings and reviews, I really appreciate that. And I want to reference one listener's review. And I don't do this to slight anybody else. I'm thankful for everything everybody else has written. But someone wrote something that I think is very pertinent to today's discussion about being a saver versus being an investor. I think the listener's name is pronounced Christian. And here's what they said. I'm quoting them. I started listening to this podcast at a very turbulent time in my life. I was looking for ways to make money easily. What I found was very different. Listening to this podcast really grounded me. It helped me figure out that the best I could do is invest in training myself to do a craft that I can enjoy and that is also sought out by people in my community. It has also helped me get a better grasp on how I should plan for my future and what steps to take now to secure it. 
You see, this listener started out as many of you thinking that, hey, maybe they just have a small sum of money and maybe they can put it in the stock market or maybe they can buy options or maybe they can trade Forex or do something like that and, and then get a quick return on their money. But what they learned was the simple truth of wealth steading, which is what you need to do is invest in yourself. What you need to do is figure out how to be able to create a product or a service that either you can sell on your own or that you can work for an employer and you can be rewarded for your efforts. That's how you're going to secure your future. And then again, once you've done that, once you've become a disciplined saver, once you've built up that nest egg, then sure, go ahead, try and invest it. Try and put it in the stock market. Learn how to move your money around. Maybe buy real estate. But you see, you can't start that out if you just have a few thousand dollars. Start with what you have, start with where you are, and start by improving yourself. Well, as always, if you'd like to get in touch with me or you have questions or concerns, you can reach me at the website, which is wealthsteading.com. Until our next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best of returns.